forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What sins have you committed? <laughs> well... Hey everyone, welcome to Forgive Me, Father, a podcast where we discuss how certain aspects of life and a walk with God go together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help you, the listener, understand others more and create conversations, no matter what you've experienced or believe. I usually have four shots of espresso at the very beginning of my shift. I have a venti water, so 26 ounces of water in between and then i usually have cold brew right after that oh i forgot you just got off work too yeah (laughs) so i'm I'm hopping right into it and unfortunately i don't feel too energized because i think my body's pretty desensitized to that much caffeine Mm -hmm. so i might have to go up in sizes for cold brew or switch up exactly what i get maybe i'll start getting iced coffee with a shot of espresso or I don't know because I don't Mm -hmm. I no longer feel like wired or you know like that like alert feeling anymore it's just like I'm like slowly maintaining that line of like not asleep you can do the ice bucket (laughs) challenge real quick and just get yourself get your body to wake up a little bit just get the water from my freezer and fill up my tub with uh (laughs) with ice and then just jump in it real quick welcome to forgive me father tuning in to my antarctic tub Yes. We are ready. <laughs> Coming to you live from my ice bath yeah. and not my closet. <laughs> uh, but I feel good. Like I feel alert and that's the important thing. And yeah. if anything, I have a, a bang energy can in the next room over. So if anything, I can just go grab that real yeah. quick if I need anything. Well, so While I'm talking or something. Exactly. I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, you, you just rant real quick and I'll, I'll go run and get something. You just go <laughs> on and on and on. So it gives me time to run and get it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning back in. Today we have Jordan Hoke. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? Indeed. And today we're going to talk about mental health and how that ties in with our walk with God. Uh, so Jordan, you and I go back to Radford. That's where we first met way back when. When we were fetuses. Young fetuses? Feti? <laughs> like, I imagine it's like cactus, where you can't really say cactus. Yeah. You say cacti. But I feel like if you're, like, giving birth to twins, you don't really say the feti. We'll just say fetally. We'll make up our own word for it. Fetices. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like feces. Let's not do that. It does. It does. So, <laughs> when we were both young organisms. Yes. Um, <laughs> But for our listeners, why don't you let them know who you are? Like, Give them a little taste of who you are and where you're from. Yeah. So like John said, I used to live in Virginia, but I live in San Antonio now. I've been here for about five years. Um, I moved back five years ago, but altogether, I've been here for probably 15 years. Um, I work as a veterinary technician, so I get all those texts about what did my dog throw up and, you know, all that fun stuff. But, you know, in my free time, I really love to just like, you know, I'm a gamer. I love hiking. I love being outdoors. It's super refreshing for me. I love my dog. He's currently passed out right now, which is great because he won't be annoying me anytime soon. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, give us, give us your, your maybe top three favorite games real quick before we jump into this. So I really love this game called Hellblade. It's kind of new to me. Um, but I really love the whole concept and it's one of those games where like, if you die 
too many times times you have to start the entire game over um and then of course i'm like everyone else i'm binging animal crossing during quarantine um (laughs) just worked on my house today so it's popping and then i've really been into mario kart lately like i have some friends that i'm competitively playing right now online and i'm not a punk i'm really good at the game (laughs) like you know (laughs) koopa for the win man yeah, I, I'm unhealthily competitive when it comes to almost anything. Obviously, sports, you know, and we used to play stuff at Friday Night Devotionals and, yeah, you know, Capture the Flag, Ultimate Frisbee, uh, Four Corners, literally anything. Mm-hmm. I was just always super competitive. Recently, right now, me and a couple of friends have been playing Fortnite together because it's cartoony and goofy. So it yeah. helps me not get super competitive like I know I would if I was playing Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. but even still like things will happen. And I'm like, run it back. This happened to like, I could have yeah. done this better. I could have said this. I could, you know, like whatever it is. Cause you know, working together with teams. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm one of those competitive people that if I mess up, I get so mad that I just quit the game. I'm like, you know what? I'm getting my juices boiled. I need to stop. And then I sell the video game or something. <laughs> so I don't finish a lot of games because of that. Mm, that's fair when it comes to like playing other people like mario kart or one of my all-time favorites super smash brothers i always i always need to take a minute so i'll go like grab water i'll go grab something to eat and then i'll sit back down i'm like all right let's go again you know and i just a lot of times i don't stop until i win so i've had to dial that back a lot recently with just like gaming with friends or you know if we have like a game night back before the pandemic was a thing Uh, i always had to make sure i wasn't getting ready to flip the table when we're playing like <laughs> go fish or something <laughs> throw a plate exactly exactly just like st- like start throwing forks like they're uh, ninja stars <laughs> have at me right. exactly Let- let's go let's settle this once and for all exactly. outside of the board game uh <laughs> But yeah, we met it at Radford in the campus ministry that we were part of, mm-hmm. part of the ICOC churches, International yes. Churches of Christ. And today, obviously, we're going to be talking about mental health. So why don't you give why don't you give us a quick rundown of of your experience with mental health? Yeah. So I started really struggling with mental health stuff when I was like 14 or 15. So like 10 years ago. But it wasn't until 2016 that I was diagnosed with anything. So I've been diagnosed with severe major depressive disorder, as well as general anxiety disorder. And I think when I first got diagnosed, a lot of what I was looking for was, wow, I just feel like it's just me. And there's got to be someone else who relates to me. I wonder if anyone has like shared their story. And so, of course, I started looking up like, a bunch of videos on YouTube, just trying to find anyone who wasn't like poetic or, you know, flipping up flashcards while playing in the arms of the angel in the background or anything. (laughs) And I just saw a huge lack of that at that time. And so it kind of inspired me to do the mental health advocacy that I do now. Um, So I made this like super long unedited video where I just opened up to the world about, okay, this is what's been going on for a really long time. And I'm now talking about it. And, you know, since then, I've been trying to, like, talk about it more on social media. I was doing a blog for a while. And then I've, like, tried to participate in mental health stuff, like suicide awareness walks, stuff like that. So it's just been, like, something I've become passionate about the past couple years. And it's something that I hope to 
you know, my dream is to one day do like a, a mental health ministry or something to mm. help people feel more like they can connect with God despite everything that's going on. Yeah, I think something that can be almost like a not a taboo, but it's something that's not really given enough attention is mental health and mental awareness within any church, any body of believers. Yeah. So I went through just to give a quick how I relate or my experiences with mental health. I experienced the death of someone really close in my family when I was a freshman in high school. And at that point, I became very depressed. Uh, I was never officially diagnosed, but I went through suicidal thoughts, contemplations of suicide, uh, you know, thinking through what would it be like if my life ended and, you know, stuff like that, just mm -hmm. real, a real dark place. And church was actually something that helped pull me out of that for the time being. So I think it was really helpful, but there are also some troubles that, that can be faced with yeah. mental health and relation to the church. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with finding those balances of, of mental health and being within a church community? Yeah. So I think what the word you were looking for earlier was a stigma. Like there's a whole, like not just in the church, but in general, there's this whole social stigma of mental health. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people just feel like they have to tiptoe around talking about it. Mm, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I know for me, I think that was why I had such a hard time finding someone I could relate to early on because no one really just gets online, just talks about it. You know, it's not really, I wouldn't say accepted, but it is kind of like a touchy subject. So I remember like after I came out about it, I just remember feeling like I would just wanted to talk about it everywhere because it was something that, wow, I don't have to hide this anymore. I can just freely talk about it as if it's like what I had for breakfast that day. Mm -hmm. But what one of the things I came across was that, and one of the things I've learned is that you can't just tell anybody about it because not everyone understands it and not everyone accepts it the way that others do. Mm -hmm. um, so there were times where I would open up about it and it would maybe affect a friendship that I had or it would affect the way someone viewed me, like thinking, oh, you're just always depressed or this is, you just need to pray about it and you'll feel better about it. Um, or they would just send a scripture and, you know, hopefully that helps. But I think it's kind of like, putting a bandaid on an open wound, you know, like mm -hmm. that's, that alone is not going to heal that wound. It's gonna, you need to really get into the, the root cause of it. Um, being veterinary technician, I know that if I just put a, a gauze over a bite or something like that's not gonna heal that animal. You have to give it antibiotics or shots or you have to clean it or whatever, mm -hmm. um, in order to really in order to help them gain that recovery that they need, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and that's a great analogy with, with putting gauze over a bite for an animal, or, you know, even you think about medically, if you have to have your leg amputated, they're not going to give you a, a pack of band-aids and be like, all right, well, here you go. Like this yeah. is, this should do the trick. It works on paper cuts. So it'll work on your missing <laughs> shin, you know, <laughs> <laughs> And that is, and that is really important because I think there are aspects of, you know, what we go through emotionally and what we go through mentally and a walk with God where so telling somebody, Hey, pray about this or pray through this, or I'll pray with you through this, or yeah. even 
this scripture can be really helpful and it can give the guidance. It can give the peace. It can give the direction that we need, but it can't be a one size fits all fix. Right. There are some things with what you, you and I have, have talked about before and even kind of are going to get into today mm-hmm. is that we can't just say, I'll just pray about it and it'll be, yeah. a, a, it'll, it'll automatically make things go away because there, this is just like any other fight mm-hmm. and not that mental health is ever a sin, but for anyone who has had a walk with God, if there is a certain sin in your life, be it pride or maybe like a physical sin in terms of, you know, theft or sexual sin, there is a process of, of growing through it. And it's not just slap the bandaid of prayer, slap the bandaid of scripture on there to make it better. But I think there is a line as well where it's like, this is a little tough to talk about, you know, just mm-hmm. about like confessing sin. And I think that's where you're correct. The stigma can come from in terms of like for, for people who are dealing with mental health issues is that it's, it can feel like a sin, you know, talking about it, it can feel taboo. So can you speak a little, a little more about what it was like for you to, to really open up to other people or what were some fears you had of how you, it would be received when you started talking about this? Yeah. So I remember when I made that video, um, a lot of my reasoning behind it was just in case anyone was like me and they got diagnosed and they just needed some something to relate to. I wasn't like trying to be famous or whatever, but I remember afterwards, I, I don't remember if it was the day after or what, but I had a lot of people reach out to me. And even like when I posted my blogs, I've had a lot of people reach out to me just saying like, Hey, you know, I really appreciate you being open. Like I relate in this, 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 Mm -hmm. and it's helped me to feel like I can be a little more open about what I'm going through or, Hey, it's helped me to relate to my son who also goes through this stuff mm-hmm. and understand him better. So it's been cool to kind of see, and even people that I've never met before in my life that have just read my blog and they found me on Facebook and they were like, Hey, you know, I read this. So it's been cool to see like all the different ways that me talking about my story has kind of helped other people, which was always the goal. I had two goals in mind. One was to bring unity to people who also deal with stuff and make Mm -hmm. them feel like they're not alone, but also to help bring understanding to those who don't struggle with it, that maybe have family members or loved ones that deal with that stuff. So that that's cool and all, but there have been, you know, like I mentioned before, people who maybe didn't receive it as well. And maybe mm-hmm. they saw it as like a hindrance or like, I can't fully serve the way that I want because of this, like as if it's a disability. And I know there are people out there who it is a disability for them, but mm-hmm. what I'm dealing with it's not like, it's not preventing me from being able to live life to the full. And the reason I, you know, the reason I say major depressive disorder instead of depression is because, yeah, I want people to understand that it's a medical condition. It's not Mm -hmm. a sin, as you mentioned earlier. It's not, Mm -hmm. I'm just sad all the time. It's something that I I mean, sometimes I feel sad. I don't really know why. There's not like a certain reason. I just feel super low that day um, or whatever. So it's just 
trying to have people understand that, but sometimes I do get presented with, yeah, that Band-Aid fix of spirituality. Now, that's not to say that any sort of spirituality can't help with mental health. There are definitely ways that the Bible and praying and all that can help with it, but I don't think Mm -hmm. it's, in some cases, it's not, like you said, like the one-size-fits-all remedy for mental health. Yeah, it can be really tough for for you our listeners if if you have if you can relate to uh major depressive disorder or you can relate with being diagnosed with anxiety in any form then you understand how tough it can be to to really be open about that about the struggles really to get into the nitty-gritty because and Jordan you you mentioned this a little bit beforehand where you felt like you were toxic to other people because you yeah. were going through this and you had this fear that that you were going to bring people down with you. Right. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, that was a really hard time in life because I think there was just this point where, as I mentioned earlier, there are people who don't quite accept or don't understand what I'm dealing with. So yeah, there would be times where I could show up to a service and be like very, very quiet, very like not myself at all. Like if you know me personally, I'm very outgoing. I'm like constantly full of energy but there are days where I show up and I'm just totally just a potato and not mm-hmm. sure how to really connect with people. But then I feel like I noticed people would either avoid me or they would get uncomfortable when I would bring it up or whatever. And so there were times where I would show up to events like midweek or devotional or whatever and regret even being there because now I know what I'm making other people feel like. And I think, well, I maybe should have just stayed home Mm. because now I'm affecting everyone else and bringing them down with me, which is hard because I don't want to, it's, it's unhealthy for me to deal with it on my own and Mm -hmm. to isolate. But then there's that counter of, well, I could also be going out and bringing everybody else down and creating this aura of negativity. So it's hard to find that balance between what, do I stay home and take care of myself or do I try to be around other people and socialize? Yeah. And and I felt that a little similar at at times, but I I can't imagine what that's like for you to have to go through that in such a way where you do start to feel like, man, I feel like I am bringing people down or I'm toxic or whatever it is. But of course we're not just on here to talk about the ways that, church life has been hard with mental health. We also want to talk about the victories that have happened and Mm -hmm. the things that you've seen and the ways that your walk with God have grown through mental health and persevering and fighting for that relationship with God Right uh, through those times. Because if I remember correctly, you told me that you were diagnosed with major depressive disorder in 2016 and then Mm -hmm. 2019, you were diagnosed with anxiety. Correct. how long have you been walking with God? And if you wouldn't mind sharing some of those great victories that you've seen even through those times. Yeah. So, um, I don't remember like exactly when I started dealing with everything. So when I started dealing with depression, it was like 14 or 15 and I became a disciple when I was 18. So it's been almost seven years since I've been a disciple and it's definitely the best decision I've ever made. I, completely stand by it today. It's not always easy, but I feel like it's better than not having God in my life. 
Um, and I've seen God pull me out of some really crazy situations. Um, but I think one of the things that actually made me a disciple was for a long time, I was seeking acceptance, feeling like I never fit in anywhere, feeling like I couldn't open up to anyone about anything and just kind of feeling like I had to do everything on my own. So I feel like since becoming a disciple, um, it's really helped me to feel like, you know, no matter what I deal with, no matter what I go through, God is there right by my side, helping me through every little bit that I go through. And actually I have the scripture that converted me. Basically I have my baptism date written next to it to always remember, but it's Romans five, six through eight. And it says, you see at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it, I really love it because it helps me to remember that I don't have to be spiritual enough. I don't have to reach out to a certain number of people. I don't have to, you know, have certain strengths in order to be loved by God and that he loved me and cared for me even before I was a disciple. So I think that's been one thing that's kind of been helping me. And I remember early on in my discipleship, we were in a devotional and something that our church leader said that has stuck with me to this day is that every day that you wake up is another day that God wants to use you. I've always struggled with self-worth issues, but I think keeping that in mind has kind of helped me to remember that, okay, I am here today. So I still have use. I still have worth. I still have something to, I still have something to give to the ministry, even if I don't know what that is. And Mm -hmm. I think for myself, like my character, one of the things is it's really helped me to be more compassionate towards those who are hurting Mm -hmm. and just, you know, thinking, okay, I would want this, so I should reach out to them. So like trying to reach out when I know they're going through a hard time, like if someone died or they lost a job or something, or I, I'm not, I'm, I could be better at this now, but, um, in campus, I really strive to like make encouragement gifts for everybody and going out of my way to do all this stuff. And even now, like I still try to remember people's birthdays and birthdays to help them feel more special. And I don't say all those to like brag, but I say that to say that it's something that I love doing because I know that it helps people feel encouraged. It helps people to feel better, even when they're hitting like some people actually forget some things and they're like, wow, I'm really grateful that you remembered that and you know it helps me to feel thought of so in turn it's helping me to serve in that way and remembering that Jesus loved anybody adulterous women tax collectors sinners Mm -hmm. all these Mm -hmm. different people so what is preventing me from loving really anyone yeah that's fantastic and for our listeners who don't necessarily know what a birthday is it is when you're good a birthday is in the family of churches that Jordan's still a part of, that I was a part of. We celebrate people's baptism dates as a rebirth. And so birthday is the spiritual birth. And a lot of people like to spend time reflecting with God and celebrating that time with God. But it is great when other people remember too, because yeah. 
you really are showing like you share Jordan that you are taking time out of your day to celebrate with this person. Even if it's just one text that's given like a little heart icon thing on iMessage or uh, or even if it, if it does turn into a full conversation, it's just, it is really nice to be thought of. I remember you sending me those messages as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those were always really nice to know that somebody does remember that somebody is celebrating with you, you know, in those times, because you don't know how people feel on, on certain days. And so yeah. to be reminded of that is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that's really great. So obviously you've, you've seen great victories, which is fantastic. You've been able to cling to your relationship with God and grow in your relationship with God. And for what you've been saying through the blog that you've created and the conversations that you've been able to have, you've been able to connect with people in a very real way that can help them as well. So getting into the advice portion of the podcast, what is some advice that you could give to our listeners who are going through similar mental health battles. Some days you're up, some days you're down, uh, who really are continuing to strive in their relationship with God. What are some words of encouragement or some resources that you can give to them to really help them out? I think one thing that has helped me in my walk with God is prayer. I know that sounds very cliche, but one thing that I've been really trying to go after lately is praying to God when I really, really am feeling it. And I remember early on in my discipleship, that was one thing I was, um, someone told me or advised me to do also is just getting open about what you're feeling in the moment rather than letting it simmer. And, you know, if I do that, then I don't even remember what, what I was feeling or what I was even upset about. That can either be through prayer. I highly recommend always opening up to God. But if you feel like you want to open up to people as well, the only thing I would be careful about with that is you want to make sure that it's people that you can trust to be responsible and mature about the sensitive information you're giving out. Because Mm -hmm. as I've mentioned, not everyone understands it. So you want to make sure that you're opening up to someone that you know is going to help you grow and is going to help you thrive through that. Like I have so many people in my life right now, I won't list their names just for privacy sake, but even just like last night, I texted a bunch of my best friends and I was just having a really hard night. And I said, if you could just pray for me, it was really late. So I didn't expect anyone to like to call back, reply back, but just getting open about it and just letting them know where you're at. But definitely, as I said before, always strive to pray to God about it, get open with him because he wants to know your heart. Um, The Bible calls us to cast our anxieties to God, but also to give Jesus our burdens, let him take the yoke upon himself because that's what he wants to do because he loves and cares for us. I would say, I know there's always a question about whether to seek professional help and that's honestly up to the person. If you feel like you've tried everything and nothing seems to work, definitely, you know, reach out to a counselor, maybe look in the medication. That's another solution that a lot of people think is one size fits all, but it's really not. But a lot of people reach out and they're like, hey, do you think I should seek professional help? And honestly, that's something that you have to decide for yourself. You have to look Mm -hmm. at your own personal needs and decide, is, is that something that I need or is can I try just sticking with my walk with God, reading my Bible, praying about it, getting open? And does that help on its own? Um, I would say those are the two 
major things that I can really, or maybe it was more than two, I don't know, that I can really <laughs> advise anyone who's listening in. Yeah. Obviously in a relationship with God, it's your relationship with God, you know, it's, yeah. it's you and him first and, and you hit the nail on the head when it came to cast your, all your anxieties onto him because he cares for you. That's, mm-hmm. that's it. That's first Peter five, seven, cast all your anxieties because he cares for you. There's no gray area. Yeah. There's no questioning of, does he love me within that scripture? You know, like it's very to the point. So if you're pursuing a relationship with God, if you're fighting to walk with God through these times, he's there for you. He cares for you. And that's yeah. really important. And the other thing that you touched on is, is having other people in your life, be it professional help, because I think that is really important if that's something that you, you feel like you need. There is never anything wrong with asking for help. Yeah. Those stigmas and those fears really can be produced within us, whether you're walking with God or not that help is wrong. It's something that society as a whole, not just church has built that you can't show weakness Mm. or that weakness is bad. But even the Bible says, when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul says that because he finds strength in Christ. And Ecclesiastes four even talks about getting help from one another. Ecclesiastes four verse nine, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times there are a ton of people who can really sift through their minds and really be introspective and find great truths in that. And we're not saying that that's wrong. Right. But don't ever think that it is wrong to ask for help, to reach out to somebody that you trust, to reach out to somebody that you know that can give you great guidance, be it spiritual or otherwise, to really seek that help that you need to to find great victories when it comes to battling these these things. Mm -hmm. I think the one other thing that I would say, too, is that it's really helped me personally. It may not help everybody else, but I know for me it helps when people ask questions. And I know that's something that a lot of people can maybe feel nervous about, like, am I overstepping boundaries or whatever? But I think it's helped me when people ask me questions when I'm feeling a lot, because it kind of, it's like a hand in hand thing, you know, for them, it's helping them to understand me, understanding why I feel the way I feel or why I have certain boundaries because I think over time there's been a lot of hurts and scars that have implemented what am I trying to say that have implemented certain behaviors or thoughts that I have and so asking questions helps people understand why is this like a repetitive thing or you know whatever but Mm -hmm. I think also for me it helps when people ask questions because I'm not just thinking oh I'm just depressed, frustrated, etc. cetera. Um, it helps me to kind of dissect what I'm feeling and mm-hmm. helps me to figure out the root cause of, okay, I'm depressed, but why? And why is it bothering me? And what am I trying to do about it? So it kind of like is the best of both worlds. 
So that's just something that has kind of helped me that, you know, may help you or whoever it is that you're trying to help out. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was actually just about to get to that question of Oops. if you're, no, you're, no, that was fantastic. You jumped right into it. It was seamless. Uh, but yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to ask, what is some advice that you could give to people who don't have personal experience with mental health battles? Mm-hmm. How can they be great friends? How can they be great support systems? For those of you who are listening, who know friends who are really going through these struggles, who have, possibly dealt with suicidal thoughts who go through depressive episodes that are really going through a tough time in general. Maybe it's not even diagnosed, but you know that they're not exactly they're the, maybe they've expressed to you that they're not in a great place. Mm-hmm. It really is important to, to take time to listen. And Jordan, you had mentioned before when we had talked about grief recovery and the mm-hmm. idea of being a heart with ears. Can you, can you go into a little more detail about that? Because that sounds exactly like what what everybody needs during during tough times. Yeah, so I think it's hard when I know especially when you're in ministry, but just in general, I think it's hard to like listen to someone talking about what they're going through and have to fight the urge to like give advice or yeah, I remember when I was, you know, a wee lad or whatever. But one of the things I did grief recovery last year. And one of the things that I took away from it is being a heart with ears. And the whole Mm -hmm. concept behind it is just listening, letting them get it all out and just being there to be not an outlet, but just to be someone who's there for the other person. And in grief Mm -hmm. recovery, we were taught, you know, to let the person share their thoughts, share what it is that they're feeling. And then at the end of it, we just say, thank you for sharing. Mm. And, you know, in every conversation that I have, I try to be that person that says, Hey, can I offer some advice? Or do you mind if I share my thoughts on Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. And if they do great, you know, some people, they need to, they just don't know what else to do. So they're seeking help, but some people, they just need to get it out Mm -hmm. because it's just eating them up inside. So I think that's the other thing is just asking before speaking, you know, what do you need? Are you okay with me sharing something? Or do you want me to just listen? Like, what do you need from me? Absolutely. Some of the best times that I had with people were the people who responded, just like you had mentioned. Mm -hmm. When I was going through a lot spiritually, when I was dealing with certain sin in my life, a lot of times I would go to to certain people, my trusted friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would say, hey, I know that this is wrong. I know that this is the sin of arrogance or the sin of pride or whatever other sin it might be. And I know the scriptures. I know what you know. moving forward will look like. I know what repentance will look like for me. And I just need you to listen. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just can't be alone with my thoughts right now. Yeah. And it was always really helpful when they just sat with me and they just kept eye contact. They nodded their heads and they said, thanks for sharing. And back when I was in the church, they were like, all right, let's pray. And I was like, absolutely. This is what I need. And then when even being outside of a church or outside of a, a relationship with God now, it's even still when it's met with like, thanks for sharing. What mm-hmm. can, what can I do for you now? You know? 
But I also know on the flip side of that, and you and I have already talked about this earlier, is that one of the most damaging things was when it was met with like, okay, well, here's the next scripture that you need because it sounds like you need, you gotten off track with your relationship with God. Yeah. And that is never ill intention. And I want to make that very clear for listeners and you know, just to reiterate that, is that when somebody says that, it's not that they don't care. It's not that they want to condemn you. It's just they 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 need to learn how to handle situations like this too. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they need at times like that. But from what you're telling me, when it comes to with you going through depression, depressive disorder, sorry, excuse me, and mm-hmm. anxiety, we have to learn what's best for somebody else. We can't right. be putting band-aids or even our own medication, so to speak. Mm-hmm onto somebody else because it is different and everybody needs different forms of love everybody needs different forms of truth and if you're in the bible the truth if you're in church the bible is the truth mm-hmm. and i think there'll always be times for that but sometimes all we need is love yeah and it it, it goes back to if anyone has ever looked up their love languages you know if not look it up fivelovelanguages.com but mm-hmm. I've learned, so I think of my relationship with my dad. My dad is a very physical touch kind of guy, loves hugs, loves pats on the back, loves <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I am the complete opposite. I don't really want people touching me, you know, <laughs> like only if I'm super comfortable with someone that's completely different. But one of the things that I've learned with my relationship with my dad is that, you know, and one of the things he's had to learn is just because that's his love language doesn't mean that's mine. And so I can't go around to people and, you know, doing acts of service because that's what my love language is and Mm -hmm. being upset when they're not like super thrilled about it because theirs is maybe words of affirmation or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of the same thing here where it's like some people they need scripture. They want to pray with people, which again, like you said, it's not like that's wrong to do. You know, right. uh, we always want to implement God and the Bible, but some people that's, that's not what they need at that time. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need to just understand what it is that helps them best. What is it that helps them thrive? So like for me personally, I really, really feel close to God when I'm outside. And I'm like Mm -hmm. on a hike or in a garden. I think some of my best, most convicting times with God have been outdoors. But I know that's not everyone's cup of of tea. So I can't expect to be like, oh, you're feeling sad. Let's go on a hike because they may hate that. And kind of going back to the whole not throwing scripture in your face thing. One of the, I was trying to find the quote or who quoted it, but there was a book I went through. And one of the things that they said was that emotions are not a sin. They're a way of Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. However, the way you respond to emotions can be sin. So it's this whole concept that, okay, again, what I deal with is a medical issue and I have feelings and it's okay to feel feelings. But if I feel sad and I decide to just cut off everyone or if I feel angry and I get like physical or whatever, then it becomes a sin. Um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. So 
obviously after talking about all of this stuff, after talking about your struggles and the advice that we can give to other people, you're still very strong in your relationship with God, right? So for you, well, strong yeah. in terms of still walking with God, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, I think it's great to be able to talk to you and know that there is hope with no matter what I'm going through, be it sin, be it mm-hmm. whatever, but even, even mental health, it really is possible to, to continue to walk with God. Yeah. And I mean, it, as I mentioned before, it hasn't been easy. You know, it's definitely, I still think it's the best decision I ever made. And I do feel different since being a disciple in a good way, but there have been times where, yeah, like I've really questioned, do I want to keep going with this? Why am I still here? Um, I remember even last year I was just in a super, super, bad place in life had gone to the psych ward was like getting creative with self-harm all this stuff and I just remember you know at that time I had to take a break from my walk with God which sounds like what the heck but I really was in a place where I needed to make sure that I was still alive before Mm -hmm. I could thrive Mm -hmm. um so it's definitely been a challenge but i I'm grateful to still be a disciple. And that's why like every year on my anniversary, it's like, I look forward to the anniversary of my walk with God more than I do any other holiday or even my birthday, because it's just a major deal for me these days. These days, Mm -hmm. it's always been a major deal for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Jordan, thank you so much for taking time to to be on here, to open up about your life, to talk about mental health, how it goes along with God and the Bible and to give listeners who are walking with God hope that there, there are great victories on the horizon mm-hmm. and also being very honest about the struggles that will come with it too. Yeah. They go hand in hand, but oftentimes the, the biggest struggles lead to the greatest victories. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really was ex- excited and kind of nervous to do this, but I think it's a great opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I think your story is really going to help other people. And along with that, if there are listeners now who maybe have gone through something very similar, some very heavy topics, and they need a safe space, or mm-hmm. maybe they have further questions that they would love to have answered, where can, where can we reach you? Where could they contact you with, with more information or more questions or just to be that safe space? Well, I love carrier pigeons. They're, you know, coming back these days. I think Um, so too. So I would say my Instagram is definitely the best place to reach me at. It's JojoAlamo94. That's where I do a lot of like my posts, my advocacy stuff, but that would be probably the best place to reach me. You could probably reach me on my email too, although literally right before this podcast, I realized I had 2,000 emails I hadn't looked through, so I was just going through everything. So you can try reaching me at that. It's kind of complicated. So it's 49NADROJ. It's my year, my, or it's my name and my birth year backwards at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. 
I would say your best bet is just to do the Instagram because my email <laughs> just is way too complicated. <laughs> For sure. And I'll be sure to put this up on the info on my Instagram page for the podcast, for the mm -hmm. Facebook page for the podcast. So if you're listening and you haven't subscribed to either of those pages, go do so. What are you doing? Yeah. Follow along. Oh, man. Come on, be <laughs> part of it. Know when there's new episodes. But like I said, we'll also have Jordan's contact info on there as well. If you guys have any other questions, if you guys have anything else. Uh, and then as always, you're free to contact me at either of those locations if you guys have any questions as well i'm obviously not as knowledgeable as jordan is um <laughs> but both of us would love to hear from you love to hear your stories and yes and love to help in any way we can blow up my feed do it send all the <laughs> notifications send it <laughs> fill up the iphone screen with notifications of great oh questions gosh. and and great stories so definitely looking forward to, to having you back on here at some point jordan yes. and for you the listeners thank you so much for listening and See you next time. Ciao.